Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This is a Wednesday, the finals tonight. Another great game. Going to tune in and watch that. A lot of pressure on Giannis Antetokounmpo tonight. Uh, genuinely, a lot of pressure on this whole Bucks team. Um, they got to even this up. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo has proved me wrong. This is the Past Patrick podcast, by the way, if you haven't subscribed um, or left a review. Appreciate if you do that. Uh, We cover everything going on in the NBA, NFL, uh, Major League Baseball. We're going to talk a little baseball today, but a majority of the time I want to talk about uh, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's what I want to focus on. Uh, He's been playing amazing. Tonight we have uh, the next game in the finals. Uh, The Bucks can tie the series up tonight, so there is a lot of pressure on the Bucks. Now, I want to read the stats of Giannis Antetokounmpo. So in his last game, he was 38 minutes, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 41 points. That's crazy. We take that for granted. We take that stat line for granted just because LeBron James and others in the past have, you know, done it. But LeBron is an outlier. Now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I've said before, there's a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, it's almost been forced to make him uh, the face of the league. I'm honestly, I'm baffled because that whole situation of him being the face of the league, I never quite could get my arms around it um, because there were some facets of his game that weren't great. But why why do we do this to Giannis Antetokounmpo? I want to dive into that a little bit. Why, why do we try and find flaws in his game when his game is amazing, when he's almost, you know, iconic with his gameplay? I, I, I don't know why we do it. We don't do it with other stars. We don't, you know, break them down as we do Giannis. So I, I think the treatment of Giannis is a little unfair in the NBA. I think so many people get wrapped up in, well, he's going to be the face of the league, but he's got to work on his shooting and have that in his wheelhouse, which is true. you got to have, you know, the ability to knock down a jump shot. But, you know, then it's like, well, he's got to work on this. And, he, you know, if he wants to really be the face of the league, he has to. He's got to be more like LeBron. And that's not fair because there's only one LeBron, like I've, you know, stated on previous podcasts. And the thing about Giannis is there are parts of his game where he is excelling at a tremendous rate. I mean, I was skeptical about him being the face of the league. If he wins the finals tonight, or I mean wins the finals in general, if he wins tonight, puts up 41 points, and then ends up winning the finals, we have to start considering him. He will go into next year as the greatest player going into next year, the best player in the league, I should say, next year. Um, Some people still say it's going to be LeBron. I love LeBron. I think his gameplay or his game uh, is still amazing after all these years in the NBA, but you kind of have to start you know, looking at the future, LeBron's had a couple injuries, which we've never had to discuss uh, in previous years in his career early on. He was never hurt. He was never hurt. And so you gotta, you gotta seriously consider that going into next year. And the Bucks and Giannis have overcome things. You know, we talk about Phoenix overcoming stuff, and they have. You know, Chris Paul, the COVID protocol, 
uh, his shoulder injury, some ligaments, you know, that were maybe torn in his ankle or leg. Uh, I'm not too sure of all the injuries, but, you know, Devin Booker getting his nose broken, um, having to, you know, take long series in the Clippers, you know, and win those games. The The thing is, the Bucks have had to overcome stuff, too, with the Brooklyn Nets, the Atlanta Hawks, Giannis hyperextending his knee. And his leg, that was a whole thing. And I, I wasn't sure he was going to be able to come back for these finals, honestly. I mean, you start looking at that injury, that was a nasty-looking injury. I, I thought, you know, he was going to be, you know, out and miss the finals, you know, if they'd won that and they did win it. But the whole thing about it is they had to overcome stuff, too. Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton excuse me, was put on the spot. Uh, he had to show up big, made a lot of clutch points, uh, showed up big in a game or two. But the Bucks, they had to overcome stuff. And so my point is, if Giannis Antetokounmpo can lift his team above the Phoenix Suns, come back, win the finals, I think it's going to be a long series. I do. I, I, I was certain the Suns were going to win it uh, in six. But now, after that game and after watching Giannis and how motivated he is and that home arena for the Milwaukee Bucks I'm 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 50-50 on this if Giannis can pull this off we have to consider him the best player going into next year and I think he's got more leadership skills than Kevin Durant Kawhi Leonard um Paul George his leadership skills have improved he's more vocal he wants the wants the ball in the you know clutch time so the whole thing is people want to try to compare him and, you know, they, they pick at his game. And I just don't think that's fair. You know, we, we don't pick at, you know, oh man. And I, I know it comes with the criticism of being an NBA star, superstar. But we don't, we don't, you know, break down Kevin Durant's game. We don't say anything negative about his game like we do Giannis. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is physically a beast. You can't stop him in the paint. He's got a lot of qualities, I, I believe, of Shaq. Um, just what I can see, kind of a comp on him, some some gameplay, uh, game, you know, styles. Same styles as Shaq, pretty much. And uh, so I can see that personally. So I, I, I think we need to be a little more fair to Giannis. Now, next year, he's won two MVPs. He's a defensive animal. He's amazing. He's won two MVPs. So next year, if, if they win the finals... I think he has a chance to win the MVP next year, too, if he can take them back deep into the playoffs. But the whole thing about Giannis and him not being a superstar, I've I've never bought into he can't elevate a team. I think you give him that spot because last year, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, they lost to the Miami Heat. They learned from that. Nobody was expecting the Bucks to go into this year with, you know, all the pressure was off them. It was like kind of old news. Uh, the the media and everyone put pressure on the Milwaukee Bucks. And then when they didn't, you know, succeed, they're like, well, maybe they're just not going to do it. And so then all the pressure and expectations died off this year. And so I think then the Bucks thrived. You know, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, like I said, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and P.J. Tucker, they added him. And I think he does more for that team than the stat line shows. Uh, he does a lot. He's got that grit to him. He's a tough player. And the, the NBA Finals are just heating up. Like I said, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo, I believe, is getting underrated for these NBA Finals. I believe the respect for him wasn't there, and he's ready to prove uh, why he's one of the greatest players. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Suns have to move some stuff around. They can't get their guys in foul trouble. Uh, you know, Monty Williams and some of the other guys, they were upset at the the calls. But I just don't see how you can be, you know. Monty Williams was trying to set up the next game, you know, kind of let the ref know, refs know, hey, you know, are we going to kind of call this next game fair? But, you know, the the... I believe that, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo was attacking the rim more, which is why he was getting more calls. So I understand that. And the Phoenix Suns have to realize they can't get their guys in foul trouble. And Devin Booker was pulled before the fourth quarter. Now, I I don't have a problem with that. Some people are bringing that up. But, you know, Monty Williams, he could see the writing on the wall. And, you know, maybe they get ahead and he brings him back in. But this is this is this series will decide who's the superstars and who's not. It will. You need a big moment to decide who your superstars are in the league going into next year. If Devin Booker shrinks in the big moment and he doesn't elevate the Suns like he needs to do to win the finals, then he will not be a superstar going into next year. He'll still be a star. The guy can play no matter what anyone says. I mean, the guy drops buckets. But Chris Paul is a is one of the main reasons, kind of I compared him in the last podcast to Tom Brady. Chris Paul came into this team and is elevating these guys and all their skill sets, DeAndre Ayton included. Now, if Chris Paul was to leave, the Suns really have to, you know, Devin Booker's got to carry the load. The Suns got to figure this out because if Chris Paul leaves next year, all the pressure goes on Devin Booker. And, you know, maybe he'll surprise me and, you know, he'll become that leader and superstar that I think he can become. But the they they kind of got to pull it together here. They can't lose a grip on these finals. They had the Bucks kind of backed up against the wall uh, going up 2-0 early. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, this, this, this moment right here will decide who is the superstars and who is not. I think tonight will be very telling of that. And the NBA Finals, <laughs> you know, everybody wanted, you know, different teams in the NBA Finals. I think this has been one of the great series finals, you know, one of the greatest series and finals in NBA history. It's great because even though we don't have superstars, you know, I mean, we have superstars in the finals, but even though we don't have a LeBron, a KD, a Steph, it's exciting. I'm surprised about how many, you know, close calls there are, who's getting to the line, you know, what these what this championship would mean to these cities with smaller markets. I'm excited for it. I I love it. I now granted it's without LeBron or some of these big stars, it doesn't get the pop that it normally would. You know, I believe there's other events going on that people are watching. But it's still an amazing finals and I can't wait to see what Giannis does tonight. I can't. Because if he wins tonight and he makes it, you know, ties the series up. And then he can steal a game from, you know, Phoenix. We're looking at a deep finals run for both of these teams. Exciting. I I don't knew I don't know who has the over under tonight. Um, who who should you you know take for this game? I'm gonna take the Bucks personally. I think Giannis will have another amazing game. He'll be aggressive. He'll be focused. He'll be locked in. I think this is. I think he knows this too. This is his. Um, put up or shut up moment. This is his prove it time. This is it. He, 
He's been waiting to be in the finals. He's been waiting to be put in this situation. I think this is his time to shine. And he knows that. He he knows it because uh, all the lights are on him. Milwaukee's, you know, chanting his name. And <laughs> he is looking like he's ready to take that next step. And will he be the face of the league? I still have my reservations about that. Uh, but he could prove me wrong. I've been wrong before. I come on here, I, I give my opinion, but... I, I've been proven wrong before. I, I can admit that. I can admit that. A lot of these guys you know, that talk about him and talk about different sports topics, they can't admit it, and you know, it bothers them when they're wrong. But I, I don't mind being wrong. I'm just giving my opinion here. I'm giving my take of what I think about the situation. So we'll watch the finals tonight. I suggest everyone watch the finals tonight. A lot of great storylines. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's playing great. Devin Booker's playing great. CP3. You know, Giannis, Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday's been playing really good. He's been having a good finals. He's been having a good playoff uh, run with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. So definitely tune in. Watch it. I'll be tuned in. And uh, can't wait to watch it. I'm going to have a nice cold drink. uh, Turn on the TV. Eat some food. So great time to be an NBA fan. So I want to segue into this and move on to this. There have been a lot of trade rumors with Damian Lillard connected to the Lakers, different you know prospects that are different trade scenarios really that could work out, if you will. So there's a report today that Lonzo Ball could be reacquired by the Lakers. I don't think that's a bad trade at all for the Lakers. Lonzo Ball had a way better year last year. Some people will say, what are the Lakers doing? What kind of plan is that? You know, they need to be focused on Damian Lillard. You know, I I just haven't bought into the Damian Lillard, uh, you know, thing yet because he I believe he's going to do one more year <laughs> in Portland. I I just do. I I don't see him going to the Lakers and giving up his uh, you know, he's been loyal, his position in the Blazers, he's he's really put his all into there. So the thing is though, Damian Lillard's got to make that choice for himself and the Lakers have to do what's best for him. Now, I do believe that if they reacquire Lonzo Ball, they keep Dennis Schroeder, they, they're going to have to move Montrez Harold and a couple other guys. But if they can move them, bring in those guys, you know, is you know Carmelo Anthony, I've said before, I would love it if they add him. He's going to be a great three-point shooter, great shooter from mid-range. You know, he's, he's still got some moves, too, when he gets up close into the paint in the rim. I believe 100% they should go ahead and add him, too. But Lonzo Ball, if he gets picked up by the Lakers again, I mean, I, I love the idea of him coming back to L.A. Some people will be like, oh, I don't, but see, this is exactly the same thing with Ben Simmons, where he went to a different, you know, organization, you know, maybe humbled him a little bit, put work in, and he's come back and been way better I mean the guy's averaging around six and a half assists I mean the last two years if you really look at it and he's he's put up good points his field goal percentage has gone up you know so I he's played you know some great games he had that one game against Golden State back in you know May where he had 33 points I that game was pretty incredible by him so he he has these moments where he's showing uh that he's improved tremendously since being on the Lakers. I don't hate that idea. I think that's a smart idea for the Lakers. Uh, I think they need to reacquire Lonzo, sign Dennis Schroeder, go out, maybe get Carmelo Anthony, 
move a couple contracts, and you know you got to bring back Alex Caruso. You know that's LeBron's guy. The, they'll definitely have Anthony Davis, but uh, they need a point guard, and Lonzo Ball can fit that role. So the uh, the Lakers are gonna probably do that um, if they can work it out. Uh, that that'll be awesome. But we'll we'll definitely see. He's still on the Pelicans right now. I don't know. I think these talks are happening. I don't know uh, what the the situation is, how long it'll take, what's the, you know, what do they have to do money-wise, move stuff around. We'll, we'll definitely see what happens with them. Now, let's segue into this. Because the NFL, we're going to have the NFL here in a few months, guys. I mean, it it's coming. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers drama has died down on that front. But I, the NFL, it's it's still a train that's moving, you know, fast, and it's got storylines here and there in every direction. And so I, I want to focus. I think we're going to do this a little bit, you know, going into the NFL season. I think I want to take some time and break down each team that I think will be contenders. So we're going to start off a list today. So I'm going to give you a list of the top teams that I think, you know, going into next year that I want to break down. And who I think will make you know a great playoff run. The number one team we're going to start off is with the Kansas City Chiefs. Tampa Bay Buccaneers is second. Uh, we're going to go with the um, Packers third. I'm going to dive into the uh, Ravens fourth, and then I'm fifth. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to dive into the San Francisco 49ers because I believe they're very close. So we're I'm going to take those five teams and break down each. Team. And we're going to start that off today. I'm going to go ahead and start off with number five. We're just going to work our way down. And next week, we'll do another one. So the San Francisco 49ers, people may be saying, why are they on your list? You know, they, they're not a top team. Why would they even be on that list? But the San Francisco 49ers, I think, are in a prime spot uh, to go far this year. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's that veteran presence, who's coming back. Um, who can, you know, lead that team into a deep playoff run. You got Trey Lance right behind him that's going to be learning from him. So that's a huge plus right there. Um, San Francisco fans should be excited because George Kittle. Now, I think George Kittle is the X factor of that team. He's their Travis Kelsey. Uh, he makes plays down the field. And we know all this. My My main goal here is to explain, like, you know, the inner workings of the 49ers. Because it all revolves around Kyle Shanahan utilizing these guys, utilizing them right, too. Um, they have Trent Williams coming back for that O-line. You know, their defense is still one of the top defenses. They have one of the toughest divisions, but a very winnable one if they, you know, if things go their way. They would need for Matthew Stafford to struggle his first year with the Rams. They would need him to struggle first off. Um, then they would need, you know, some issues with the you know Seahawks. They would need they would need to win all their games against the Seahawks, definitely. Um, and then, really, the Arizona Cardinals, I don't view them as much of a threat for the 49ers, just because, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, um, Kyler Murray's great, but we still need to see that big year from Kyler Murray, that, whoa, this guy's going to be an MVP. And, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, not sure about his coaching style, what really works uh, best for, you know, what, what his offensive style is, what works best for him in that team. So there's a lot of, you know, factors that'll play into the 49ers 
uh, coming out on top. But if they can get to the playoffs, they will be very dangerous. They're my number five team uh, for that reason. You know, some people say they're not a top, you know, five team. You know, they're definitely top ten, but I believe they're top five. I think they're poised to make a great run because when Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, they win games. That's just facts. That's just stats when he's healthy. If they can keep him healthy, and I do believe Trey Lance will come in and show what he's got at some point in the season if they clinch the playoffs or if they don't clinch the playoffs. Uh, At some point, though, Trey Lance will come in and show it uh, what he's got. Their running back game will always be strong, too. Uh, 49ers fans don't have to worry um, about that. The Shanahan's are notorious for making uh, running backs work in those uh, you know, the systems that the Shanahan's predominantly use utilize those running backs uh, extremely well, extremely well. So the 49ers, um, they're my top five team. And each week we're just going to go through this. We're just going to talk about each team, um, you know, their their ins and outs, the defense. You know, they got Nick Boza on that team and they, they, they got a lot of promising uh, players. And I, I can't wait because we're I love doing this. I love talking NFL. I love breaking down different teams. And next week, we're going to do the same. We're just going to take a little time. I, I think it's fun. Um, I, I think it's a great time to, you know, get into that because the NFL is right around the corner. <laughs> it, you know, August and September, we're, we're ready to roll then. Uh, so we're going to see what the 49ers do in the preseason. I think they're going to make a great uh, deep playoff run. So... Uh, exciting times for San Francisco 49ers fans. I think you guys got a, a great team. Great team. So we're going to segue back in. We're going to kind of come full circle in today's episode because we talked about the NBA Finals starting off the show. And I really want to, you know, finish off the show talking a little bit more about the NBA Finals. Uh, people have been saying the Finals are not exciting. I, d- I dove into that beginning of the podcast a little bit. But people have been saying the finals, we need more stars, it's not exciting. I argue the opposite. This is one of the most interesting matchups uh, the NBA can offer right now. I, I believe believe so. Uh, you have one team who's finesse and one team who's all bronze and strength, you know, and grit. The Phoenix Suns are finesse. You know, lobs, you know, DeAndre Ayton, you know, you know, fancy footwork, Devin Booker mid-range, three-point shot creator, you know, great ball handler, great distributor. Uh, Chris Paul's the best distributor on that team, and he's finesse too, mid-range. Jay Crowder's probably the most, you know, gets his hands dirty the most for that team, uh, but but they are 100% finesse. They are. The Monty Williams, you know, they're just, they're a cool team. Phoenix fans are excited for their team. And, you know, you can see this in different aspects um, in your life two different ways. There's no perfect way to win in NBA Finals. There's no perfect way to do um, different scenarios that you face. So you can go about it a few different ways. And the Phoenix Suns, they're going about it in a finesse-style way. And it works for them. And there will be a time where they'll have to maybe adjust and get a little more physical. But I think... They need to stay true to who they are. Of course, you want to make adjustments uh, when you play different teams. So that that just comes with the territory of being in the NBA Finals, right? But Devin Booker, the way he plays, they are utilizing him great. Chris CP3 is utilizing him great. You know, and Chris Paul's got DeAndre Ayton playing great, utilizing him. And the the one of the best things about 
you know, CP3 being on that team is that Cameron Payne. That guy comes in, and Chris Paul gets a break. I mean, he gets a break. They have, a, you know, one of, one of the best, not I guess not best, but a great backup point guard that can come in and manage the offense and make plays. So the, the Phoenix Suns, they literally have a great all-around team, a great old-style team. You know, get their hands dirty, work hard, and but more finesse. So that's one way to win. The opposite way to win is how the Milwaukee Bucks are doing it. And the Milwaukee Bucks are doing it with grit, bronze, and determination. Getting, getting low, getting their hands dirty, you know, in the paint, you know, being a bully, ball to the rim, blocks, you name it. Giannis and the Bucks are doing it. <laughs> So that's their way of winning. They Giannis is playing physical, getting to the rim, getting fouls, making his free throws. They're not a finesse team. They're just not. P.J. Tucker's one of the big reasons why they're not a finesse team. He says a lot more for that franchise uh, than even Giannis. Giannis is a physical player. But CP3, or I mean, excuse me, not CP3, P.J. Tucker is the enforcer. He's almost the Draymond Green, if you will, of the Milwaukee Bucks uh, when it comes to his intensity defense and, you know, not taking anything from the other team. So, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, he needs to keep playing how he's playing. He really does. He needs to be, he does not need to let up at all. He needs to keep forcing his way to the rim um, each and every time he gets a chance. You know, that's, you know, I'm not comparing him to LeBron, but that's something LeBron did early in his career. Uh, he would get physical. He would force his way to the rim. You know, uh, he w- he wasn't a finesse player. He kind of played one way. He kind of almost played like a Zion Williamson's playing right now. And I think Giannis can benefit just from doing that, just showing that same mentality. You know, not not you know LeBron's a little more passive now. He passes the ball. You know, he gives gives other teammates a chance. And I think you know as you get older, that's more of a smart way to play. You can't be so hard on your body. But Giannis right now, he needs to be uh, ultra-aggressive. And I think he will be tonight. I think this game will say a lot about each team. The finesse, the bronze, just both those teams going back and forth. And you could see that uh, in the different cities. You know, Phoenix, they're wild and they're crazy, but they're kind of, you know, tamed a little bit. Milwaukee now, they're wild and crazy and they don't stop. They're chugging beers. You know, they're having the kids chug apple juice in the stands. I think it showed it showed Dave Batista of the um, Packers O-lineman chugging a beer and then his dad, then another guy, and then they showed a kid chugging an apple juice. And, you know, then it went back to Dave Batista. It was just, it was a crazy atmosphere. Uh, there's that Midwestern atmosphere that's uh, surrounding the Bucks. So the Bucks play a different way. The Phoenix Suns play a different way. There's no perfect way. You each have to take your own avenue to succeed. And that's no different than what you do in life. You know, there's no there's no easy way or surefire way to get ahead and win. There's just not. You, you got to adapt. You got to adjust. You got to make the changes that you need to make. And hopefully you made the right changes and it works out. You know, examples of that in the past in the NBA and NFL and Major League Baseball. And speaking of Major League Baseball, I want to talk so- about someone. His name's Otani, and he is better than Babe Ruth. I'm going to say, and I know all the old heads will roll, and they will disagree with me, 
Uh, yeah, but he is. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm not a huge baseball watcher. I'm a Cardinals fan, but Otani, man, <laughs> the guy can play. He can, he can flat out play. I, I don't agree with some of the people that said he can't be the face of the league. He definitely can be the face of the league. And I believe he's 100% better two-way player than Babe Ruth was. I believe it. I, I know that's maybe going to make some people upset and, you know, not, you know, they don't like it. Some people, older guys don't like it. They're like, Babe Ruth was the best player and he's, uh, he'll always be the best. Well, no, things change and change for the better. We're fortunate that we have these young stars, Fernando Tatis Jr., Shohei Otani, uh, in the league. Uh, right now in the Major League Baseball. It's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, I think he's unstoppable. I think he'll finish the year with at least 50-some home runs. I think 55 home runs. I'm going to say that. But all these guys, young guys in the Major League Baseball, it's exciting. They're amping up the fans, and yeah, it's a great time to be a sports fan, baseball fan, NBA fan, NFL fan, uh, everything. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening today. Uh, We'll be on uh, next Wednesday. Um, if you haven't already, um, please go ahead and follow my social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm on all those major platforms. Um, trying to get a few more worked up right now. Uh, and don't forget to listen to the podcast. Every listen helps. Also leave a subscribe, uh, and a review. Uh, Maybe just hit that, you know, review star button. I guess see how you feel. If you like it, if you don't like it, it's really, really truly up to you. <laughs> I hope I cover content. Uh, message me if I'm, you know, not covering something you guys want to hear about, you know, but uh, it's been a great podcast, guys. I've enjoyed it 100%. I'm still not over how great the music is. The intro outro music, I think it adds a lot. Let me know if you guys like it too. Um, thanks you guys for listening. Uh, again, leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be afraid to tell me if you don't like the podcast too. Give me some tips, because I am still new at it. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. This has been Pass It to Patrick, and have a great day.